Season 2, Episode 32 of Stats to Matter. What's better than a week full of terrible picks? Following it up with another week of terrible picks. The disaster piece continues for Tim and for my beloved Seattle Seahawks. Is this a coincidence? Did I make a deal with the devil this season so that they would win games and you would lose these picks? I don't know. You'll never get me to admit it. In our cups this week, it's an imperial stout with maple syrup, spices, and honey from Richmond, Virginia, and a whiskey from Lynchburg, Tennessee. Follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter and Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things beer, sports, humor, the occasional Get Learned article. There's a lot of good stuff on there. A gold mine, if you will. Find Stats Don't Matter wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. Tim, let's get into the show. Let's go, man. I'm here for it. Not these picks, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, you are here for it. It's like it's almost like you you took a number in like the waiting room, and then it happened to go past your number, but you weren't paying attention. So now my numbers come up, and I showed up at like eleven thirty to the DMV. You've been there since seven, and yeah. they're like, "Hey, now serving, you know, twenty two. And you're like, "What? What the hell happened to three? And they're like, "Sir, please get back in the line." That's, yeah. that, that's what these picks are like. We're living in the upside down, is what it is. That's what I decided. There's, there's been some pretty crazy things. All right, I'm going to start this off. You know, I hear you all the time talking about, oh, Sam, IPA this, Sam, IPA that. So you know what? I drank the IPAs before the episode, and now I'm going to have this Imperial Milk Stout with spices, honey, and maple syrup. It's called Christmas Pancakes mm. from Hardywood. Now you're, now, you're, now you're speaking my language. Right, right. Um, Hardywood, I think I've talked about them before here. Um, one of Richmond's OG breweries. They're very good with their barrel aging program. Uh, they have a, a gingerbread line of stouts and um, Christmas morning or Kentucky Christmas mm-hmm. morning is their gingerbread stout that's barrel aged in bourbon barrels. It's very, very hype. Comes out every year around uh, Thanksgiving, the same way that um, Black Tuesday and Bourbon County come out, right? So very, very excited. Uh, shout out to the wife. Picked pick these up the other day. She was like, do, nice. you, do you take a look at the, the beers rating on Untapped before you, you drink it? I said, no, not anymore. <laughs> Can't retain them. <laughs> yeah. I was like, in the beginning, you know, you could definitely look at Untapped, but now there's just people who are like, oh, I think this beer is the best. And it's a it's a five. And then I, I drink it and I think it's a 375. And somehow it averages out to be higher than that. But uh, pours really, really nicely. Got a nice thick band of foam there at the top. Let's get a little smell. Okay. This is 9.2%. And let's see. What does it say on the back here? It's Hardywood Christmas Pancakes takes our gingerbread stout out for breakfast. We intensify our already decadent gingerbread stout with gallons of local maple syrup for a sweet and sticky treat. Who doesn't love breakfast for dinner? Um, clearly, they didn't know this, but uh, I'm a French toast guy, not a pancake guy. So I won't mm. hold that against the beer, though. Where do waffles fit in the mix? Uh, the undisputed champion, far and above. Wow. Oh, yeah. All about them nooks and crannies. Well, those, I guess, are technically uh, English muffins, but yeah, that's true. You get the point. Okay. Wow. Definitely got a spice to it. Um, The maple syrup actually isn't that bad. Sometimes with with beers that have maple syrup, it's like really, really, really sugary, Uh, really almost like syrupy. This is is not bad. 55 IBUs, 9.2%. I don't taste the alcohol, and to be honest, I don't really like gingerbread cookies. And I think, I think I might be able to put down more than one of these. That's not a good thing. 
because I'm not gonna taste the booze. But this, this I hate one... when they, I hate when they put IBUs on like uh, uh, like adjunct stouts. Mm. Such a weird thing. Like nobody's drinking it for the bitterness. That's exactly. A, that's, a, that's an IPA gimmick. Yeah. Still, like, all right. So anybody out there who's a who's a beer drinker uh, or getting into beer drinking, I mean, you're obviously very late to the party at this point. But don't bother with IBUs. It's such a crock of shit. <laughs> I don't know. I've had some beers that are like 115 IBUs that I would never. Never wish on anyone's worst enemy, except in like a Saw movie. Like, hey, yeah, you want to like, play a game? Drink this hundred and thirty-three thousand IBU IPA. But, but that's the that's the tricky part is that the IBUs don't necessarily equate to taste necessarily. It's sort of like um, it 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 helps paint a picture, but doesn't tell the story. Yeah, especially in um, in an adjunct stout, there's going to be so many other things that'll just balance it. <laughs> and you won't be able to taste yes. it anyway. So it's so strange. Um, so strange. Look, I I'm pleasantly surprised by this. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a four three. Mm. Out the gate. This is very, very good. I hope it comes out more than once a year, but I don't think it probably does. So shout out to my wife. Thank you for getting this beer. Tim on to you. Nice. Okay. Um once again, uh I am skipping over the beers. Uh for several reasons. I, I have a sick pop uh short week a lot of busy work so i have not been involved as much in the beer acquisitions but uh i may have some good ones coming uh stand by for more next week uh so i'm diving back into the uh the old whiskey collection to bring out some of these um i ended up grabbing one that's a little bit more readily not necessarily readily available but uh sometimes a little easier to get your hands on it is still a single barrel, which means each barrel is numbered and labeled, so you know exactly which one uh, you are getting. Uh, and it's very sp- the, the flavors you're getting from this particular bottle will be specific only to th- the ones that came from this barrel. Uh, it's not a normal one, but this is a it's a Jack Daniel's single barrel barrel proof, which means it's uh, it's it's proofed and barreled at, at pretty much the highest strength uh, possible. So it's a big boy. Uh, if you're a whiskey drinker, um, you know, I mentioned this before, the higher the proof, the more flavors you get out of the whiskey. If you're getting into whiskeys, you definitely want to throw a couple cubes, or like a splash of water to kind of proof that down a little bit because <laughs> it'll be it'll it'll have a bite to it that, uh, you know, some people like some people don't it will definitely have a little burn to it if you're not used to it. Uh, and it's it's not like a, a cheap whiskey burn. It's not like. You know, the first time you took a shot of Jameson, it, it it had that little fiery burn. This is a straight up like habanero pepper on the back of the throat type burn. But once you become sort of like accustomed to that, what you find is sort of as it sort of warms as you're drinking it, literally as it warms in your mouth, starts releasing some of those flavors. Now, I won't be as obnoxious to go into like, oh, I, I taste burnt toast and <laughs> what, what's warm what's the, cedar yeah what's uh, what's with the accent there you know what i mean yeah that's i just figure what all whiskey snobs sound like yeah um but anyway let's give this bad boy uh a, 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 a go well wow, it's kind of cool i mean yeah. it's it to, to be fair it is jack daniels so you know there's a level of expectation that kind of comes with it because jack daniels the the traditional jack daniels isn't the greatest it's serviceable if you're out at a bar but not not the best for the price point so we'll see interesting uh we're at a, a 
a festival this weekend called uh, November Fest. It was like a beer and wine festival. They had um, a chance, but they had, they had a couple of bottles of Van Winkle. Uh, mm -hmm. Had a little sip off that. I'm not a whiskey guy, but I'm a believer. Not a believer in spending $2,500 a bottle, but pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's crazy about that? The MSRP on that is a lot less than that. Oh, I don't secondary know. secondary cost. Yeah. Um, where you live, I think you have all agency liquor stores, right? Well, yeah, we have like ABC stores that only sell liquor, but it's no, no, no. When so I, when limited. I mean agent, when I mean agency liquor stores, I mean they're like state controlled, so there's no secondary markup on it. Correct. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I put myself uh, in I don't for know. a lottery or two to get a bottle of Pappy, but uh, it was not to be. Uh, I need to connect you with a buddy of mine who lives down in uh, that neck of the woods, who mm -hmm. uh, who has some some ins in some ways to get it uh, online. Might take you a little bit of a drive to get some of these high end bottles, but I'll turn I'll turn you into one. I'll turn you into one. But I, I like the effort. I like the effort. <laughs> um, all right, sorry, all right. I hijacked it. Let's go. No, so right off the bat, it's it's got like a. A very thick sort of syrupy feel to it, which is last week's was another one that was pretty high proof. Um, kind of that same sort of mouth feel. This one has like you can taste almost what I don't want to say a sour taste to it, but you could definitely you can definitely tell the grain bill is just slightly different in this one. Um, it finishes a lot sweeter than the other one did, and. I kind of I'm I'm hit or miss when, in terms of my sweetness in whiskey. Sometimes I love it if it's like a port aged or like a rum aged whiskey. Like you know, generally what's going to come across is going to be like a little sweeter, a little spicier. With you know, I hate to be that guy, but there's like more nutmeg and cinnamon in, in some of those. Um, this one you don't expect it because it's just a straight up barrel aged, and I don't. I won't say it's not my favorite. But it's definitely like a little much. This would be like a good, uh, like entry level intro, like barrel proof bottle for somebody who is just kind of getting started in in that sort of realm. Um, if we were to proof this down or like you know throw a couple cubes in there and let it mellow a little bit, this could be like a very easy sort of gateway whiskey into that sort of stuff because it is yeah it has like this right off the bat super sweet and then you get that sort of like barrel flavor that sort of wooden flavor that kind of comes in the back um not bad not bad definitely had better um elijah craig barrel proof one of my favorites uh barrel Makes a couple barrel proof. Um, that is really good. They have a blend that I actually have. I was gonna drink. I was gonna open that this week, but maybe I'll do that next week. Um, but I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give it like a, a like a six, a six four. Oh, a market drop from last week. Yeah, I would say, especially you know, if you are looking to kind of dip your toe into some of the higher proof, maybe a little bit more upscale whiskeys this is like i think this is like the floor of that right like their 10 year uh i've had the 10 year the 10 year is really good even for a jack daniels and i i don't want to disparage it a, a lot because i mean 
it's it's definitely not bad, but they're uh, you know, whiskey snobs will tell you it's it's terrible, but fuck those guys. Beer snobs will tell you the same thing about your favorite beer. Um, but the ten year, which just came out, is really good. I had I've had one of those. If you can get your hands on one of those, snag it. Um but yeah, if you're looking to get into like a higher proof, you you, you want to try it out, grab a bottle of this, maybe your first two uh glasses. Uh, again, proof it down a little bit. Do a do a cube or two, maybe a splash of, like you know, if you have access. A little to Topo like Chico. Min- if you have like mineral water or something to do it, or like this would make a really really good uh, old fashioned. Mm. That's that. This would be phenomenal in old fashioned. Little bitters, a little muddled uh, like sugar cube, a little orange rind, something like that. This would be phenomenal. But six two. I've had I've had I've had better, but. I wouldn't turn down a glass. Good. Fantastic. All right. That's what's in our cups this week. We encourage you to go find it. Tim, kick us off with these picks. This <sighs> is an absolute disaster. Man. Back-to-back weeks. Now, I'm going to preface this. that You had the yeah. Ravens-Dolphins. No one was thinking that a 2-7 and seven team was going to – well, you'll get into it. But Yeah. yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have been – I noticed this is two weeks now. Even though I've been alternating these picks and, and all this stuff, you you happen to be getting, and you must have done something to the football gods, or maybe the deal that I made with the devil is working. I'm not really sure, <laughs> but uh, man, yeah, you can't, I got a, I got you can't a catch a pick. Yeah, I got a couple of these uh, that went down this week that are, are major head scratchers. Mm. This is one of them. Um, I didn't make a pick on this one, so it, it's kind of a wash. We didn't get to record uh, before. The game was over, and I didn't text Sam I pick ahead of time, so we just watched this one. Uh, but uh, I would have gone Ravens in this one, obviously. But the Dolphins, they seem to find the the weak point in the Ravens. Um, I've said this over the last couple weeks that, uh, you know, Lamar cannot carry this team on his own, which is what he's been doing. And they found that if you just constantly rush him, box him in on the side so he can't run out to either corner and make a break for it. Uh, it's really, really difficult to overcome that because a lot of what he's done has been like a hundred yards rushing and a hundred yards receiving or, you know, 200 yards and just gaudy numbers on both sides of the ball. Every single game, take away one aspect of that. And he becomes a little bit more one dimensional, not because I think he's the problem. It's because, his his team, his receiving core, he's got a lot of banged up guys. Uh, it just goes to show some of those guys need to start getting more active, more involved. Not a lot of upswing from the Dolphins in this one. I think they just had a good defensive plan. Offensively, still not the greatest game uh, from their offensive side. But you know, a win's a win. Unfortunately, they they their defense. Ran away with a couple uh, turnovers that really sort of changed the aspect and the outlook of this game. But unfortunately, you have a playbook now. It's a it's a it's a league where tape lives forever. So it'll be curious to see as time goes on how many teams adopt this sort of approach to Mr. Jackson. Mm. It would be very interesting. All right, Bills, Jets. And I thought this game might be a little bit closer. But, you know, we talked last week about Mike White. Mike White talked all that trash, and he shouldn't have given all that bulletin board material. 
Uh, I'm not sure what first-round pick throws four interceptions in a game. Um, so if he was thinking he was a first-round pick, he's certainly not playing like one. Uh, this is a nice little get-right game for the Bills in which Matt Breida, former 49ers running back Matt Breida, scored a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. What is this like? Stephon Diggs, a buck 62, and the TD. Gabriel Davis, 105 yards on three targets for three receptions. This was an absolute bloodbath. 45-17 Bills. Speaking of bloodbaths and what's this life and whatever else <laughs> we want to say, I don't understand what the hell is going on here. Uh, I got the Buccaneers-Washington game. I did say they tend to play towards their opponents mm-hmm. when their opponents are like subpar teams. That's kind of what we got out of this same game. Uh, for whatever reason, that's just how it's been going for them. Whenever they're up against teams you would expect a blowout of, uh, it doesn't always work out that way. And then when we go up against a decent team, you know, they just mop the floor with everybody. Uh, unfortunately, they've been bitten pretty severely as of late by the injury bug. Uh, Chris Godwin was in this game, even though he's been hobbled and banged up quite a bit. He was on the field for almost the entire game, but only managed 57 yards. You thought this would be a big a big game for Mike Evans. He was pretty much a non-factor. Couple that with Antonio Brown and Gronk still being out. All of this superstar team we kept talking about with the Monstars, and suddenly it's just Tom Brady and a bunch of you know mediocre receivers. Tried his best. Uh, he had two. Everyone's going to make a big deal about the two interceptions at the beginning of the game. One of those was just uh, a complete miss, whether that was a missed route or or Brady just missing the receiver and overthrowing it quite a bit. You never really know. Uh, you always base it off of the stare down. The stare down usually says, <laughs> ah, this was not on me. This was on you. When it's him, he does the like hands on his head like, ah, oh, when it's not him, he does that stare. Where he's like, the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, one of those you try to do this to me? You <laughs> one bitches of those in- would be playing basketball Pelican <laughs> Bay if it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, one of those interceptions, and I continue to say this about every quarterback, they really, really need to change the the classification of like a, a ball that was just not caught or like a receiver who caught it and dropped it or deflected it into the arms. of They need to change that into something else. I call it a turnover. I don't know what you want to call it, but when someone looks and says, oh, two interceptions, you just, oh, Tom Brady's falling off. Here we go. Now, one of them was a should have been catch that ended up like in the sky and just happened to land in the arms of a uh, a defensive player. But yeah, very strange game for Evans. You thought for sure he was going to be more involved. Uh, wasn't was really not in any part of this game. Uh, a factor he had one touchdown. His time was expiring, but not enough to really make any kind of difference. You thought he would step up and be the big playmaker. And for whatever reason, uh, he just couldn't get open, wasn't targeted. Uh, He had two receptions for 62 yards, and that's because one of them was a 40-yard bomb. So something's up there. Uh, This isn't the first week we've seen that. So uh, that's something to kind of pay attention to as the season goes on. I I wouldn't have picked I wouldn't have picked him to win. So it's interesting enough. Heineke has had like two games against Tampa. One of them uh, in the, playoffs, the last, last game year. they played is the reason he is still in the NFL because mm-hmm. he had a, a an amazing game. 
Yeah. Um, this one, same idea. A two and six team beating <laughs> the Buccaneers. So yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. What is so, this yeah. life? All right. Falcons, Cowboys. At one point in this game, the score is 28 to 3, which is, if you recall, is the most cursed scores <laughs> for the Atlanta Falcons. The problem uh, was they weren't the team that scored 28 points in this one. Uh, the Cowboys waxed that ass mercilessly. Final score 43 to 3. The Dallas defense got three interceptions, blocked a punt for a touchdown, and generally looked like the most competent football team that Mike McCarthy has had since his days with the Packers when the Packers are trying to go to Super Bowls. CeeDee Lamb, two TDs. Zeke, two, T- two TDs. I can't even say it. I'm just, Zeke, two TDs just sounds like she sells, she sells by the seashore. You just can't even say it. It's crazy. They weren't long rushing touchdowns, but the whole offense just was humming at a, an elite level. Dakota Prescott on fire. I said, I'm going to lean Cowboys here, but I think it's going to be one hell of a shootout. And I couldn't have been more wrong about this game. But low key, not mad about it. <clears throat> one I got right, everybody. Let's celebrate. Woo! Everyone take a drink. Uh, Saints, Titans. This one is one I thought could be a toss-up because, again, Titans being without Derrick Henry. But they continue to do some pretty big things despite his absence, um, even with A.J. Brown continuing to be missing during games. Uh, he had four targets. He had one reception and totaled 16 yards. That's just not going to cut it. You're going to need more production from a guy like that For if you're going to continue to find some form of success. If you have him on your fantasy league, rip. You probably got your ass kicked this week. Um Backfield is still continuing to try and find its identity. It's got Grandpa Time back there trying to carry, unfortunately, unsuccessfully, the the brunt of this team. It's really not helping. Adrian Peterson is uh, not not quite midseason form yet, and unfortunately, we're we're passing the midseason uh, mark right now uh, for the season. So. They're either going to need to figure that out and he's going to need to find a way to to make his carries more productive or unfortunately I think they need to kind of move on and 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 continue going with some of the younger guys who are going to be the future of this team. Uh but that means the passing core needs to be on top of their game. Marcus Johnson, he was a stud. He carried the bulk of the yardage. He had a 50-yard catch, thankfully, kind of made his numbers sort of inflate a little bit, but Trevor Simeon uh, surprisingly enough, did look pretty solid. Uh, even though he was under pretty uh, heavy pressure against a pretty good defense, he had 298 yards, 19 attempts, and two touchdowns, zero turnovers, despite being sacked four times and constantly under pressure. He managed to take care of the ball. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have a reliable kicker on the Saints, and their special teams is pretty garbage as well. Uh, Special teams is like the putting of the NFL, where without it, you're pretty much dead in the water. Everyone wants to make fun of kickers and punters, but take a team without a good kicker, a good kicker or a good punter, and this is what you end up with. Touchdowns are great. Uh, you know, long runs, long passes are great, but you still need those point afters. You still need those field goals and clutch moments. They had a blocked punt that did not turn out well for them, so... Until the Saints turn around their special teams, they're going to keep losing some of these closer games. Pretty insane. Jag, Colts. I was like, can lightning strike twice? Could the Jags win a game? Maybe, but I didn't think so. And I said it was going to be a close one. And the Colts won 23-17. to And they won that 
off of a pair of field goals. Pretty crazy. No touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence or Carson Wentz, who both tossed it 35 times and had less than 200 yards apiece. Absolutely atrocious. This was the running game and the defensive ball. Um, Jerry Agnew, 66 yards. James Robinson, rushing touchdown. Thank you. We'll take all that. Pair of field goals. The Jags almost made this upset city. Jonathan Taylor, thankfully, was like, nah, Sam, I got you. I'm going to take the team, put it on my back, like he does every week. Over 100 yards and another TD again. A very, very entertaining game here. I didn't think it was going to go that way. Divisional battles are always tough. Again, the Jags are going to win some games this year. They probably shouldn't, but the Colts took care of business. Uh, all right. First, I'm going to preface this one with feeling like I got ripped off a little bit. Uh, when I texted <laughs> Sam about this game, he was like, oh, well, you didn't get the Thursday night game. So this one should just they should just cancel each other out. It's a wash. And that made no sense because we didn't get to record the Thursday night game. So. I mean, but to be honest, when you asked me about this game, I was also stealing myself for the eventual loss. that I'm going to talk about in a couple picks. So yeah. that's probably why. I, I should read it to you because the, the, the exchange made no sense. I just. I didn't even bother responding. I'm like, hey, jokingly, hey, should I at least get a half a point for getting this one? And Sam and, goes, and we're gonna no, no, give no, you, you didn't. We're gonna like, give you a half point. He's like, you didn't get the Thursday night game, so it's a wash. I was like, I didn't even get a chance to pick the Thursday night game. So, okay, cool. Uh, anyway, uh, Lions Steelers. Uh, anybody who listened to that podcast, including Sam, scoffed and laughed and gave me, you know. The weird googly eyes when I said Lions are gonna fuck around and win this one. I even remember saying like, you know what? I, they're not gonna they're not gonna lose them all. This feels to me like one they can win. And Sam like, oh okay. And I watched him joyously type in the notes. And what happened? They almost fucked around and won this game. Mm. Uh, it they are they have officially made it through the season without losing every game so maybe we've reached the turning point uh <laughs> it's true though a tie it, it is it is it's it's that's it they fucked up their draft picks next year if another team happens to you know no one else is going to tie the tie rule is still one of the worst rules in football hands down it's it's awful we're grown-ups play to win uh golf continues to look pretty bad to be honest he was 14 to 25 uh, which in and itself sounds okay. It just sounds like he had, uh, you know, lower attempts, lower productivity, but he was somewhat efficient. He only missed, you know, a little over a handful of attempts. The problem is he only had about 110 yards. Uh, not entirely sure what's going on there. I didn't see this level of productivity or uh, production coming from him. It could be because DeAndre Swift, uh, he literally could not be stopped in this game. So. I mean, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Just keep feeding him the ball and let him do it. He had 103, 130 yards, but surprisingly no touchdown. So uh, RIP to your fantasy league. You probably got about like 12 points out of that, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. But 12 getting... stressful points. Shout yeah. out to Matt. Listen to this podcast. Matt's a big Lions fan. He probably has Swift on his fantasy team. He's like, oh, ah, oh we're almost there. I was Swift in the red zone. And, yep. no, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, those, those fucking fantasy <laughs> notifications is like, oh, your player's in the red zone. Then you yeah. don't get this scoring notification like two minutes later, and you're like, okay, I know what happened here, and now I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's surprising though out of this game is that Rudolph, on the other hand, looked very solid, and as the heir apparent to the throne of steel, 
in Pittsburgh that has to be like the one positive you take away from this. It's been a very up and down season for the Steelers. I don't think their steel that their season necessarily has matched up to what their current uh record is. I mean, wins are wins, but they've won a lot of close games, they won a lot of games I personally didn't feel like they should have won, but you can't take it away from them because they did win it. But uh, it, a lot of very, very close, close games, a lot of games that have come down to like one or two plays, and, and they've managed to, to, to convert those, which is generally the sign of a, of a decent team. We just talked about a bunch that failed to convert in some of those close games. But um, given how well he was doing, you know, pretty good. The fact that they did almost lose to an 0-8 team, though, I don't know if that necessarily falls on him. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, both teams didn't look great, but one of the positives is that your your rookie quarterback, uh, or would we call him a rookie now because he's had a couple seasons? Anyway, your young yeah. quarterback, who is likely going to take over when Ben departs, had a pretty decent game, even though they didn't come out with a win. That's too bad. Uh, we'll give you the half point. We'll give you the half point. I'll put it in there. <laughs> I'll give you the half point. Because there's going to be some other bullshit that's going to happen this year, and I'm going to get a tie, and I'm going to look back and say, oh, if I didn't give Tim a half point, I can't get the half point. So that's why I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the half point. Not for you, yeah. but for me later on in the future. All right, deal. Um, Browns Patriots. You, you, you did get an extra pick this week, so that's there's, there's that too. Oh, my God. You could have just sent me the text, Wait, and I agree. Two extra. I think – I think. no, no, no. I told you I don't want any handicaps. That's on me. That's on me. I said hand I don't want any handicaps, hand but outs. I think – Hand up. But yeah. I think you got a. Uh, I think you ended up with two extra picks this week because I didn't call the Thursday, and I think you had the, the one extra because of the the buy. Yeah. So good for you for capitalizing, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the best ability is availability. You play to win the game. Okay. Yeah. Browns Patriots. I said I can't pick against the Patriots here, but I could see this being a boat race to thirty five. And oh my God, was it a boat race to thirty five? Thirty five points on the Patriots side. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Scored a touchdown first to Austin Hooper. That was it. They didn't score another single point in this game. They lost 45-7. to Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones was damn near perfect. 19 for 23. Three touchdowns, zero picks. Ramondre Stevenson, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Brian Hoyer, three passes, three completions, a fucking touchdown. Brian Hoyer. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. Belichick ran up the score and they kept running up the score anyways. Mm. Just this was devious. This was dastardly. This was not Belichickian at all. And I loved every minute of it. I absolutely loved it. I said, yes, give me more. Um, outside of Dearness Johnson with his 99 yards rushing, there was no offense for the Browns whatsoever. Case Keenum, he came in after Bay, uh, after Mayfield was hurt. He couldn't keep it going. No spark. This was a boat race, like I predicted, but only one boat was racing. And one of those was a hydroplane boat versus a sailboat or a raft or a, a rinky-dinky-dingy. You know what I mean. It, it was not a fair boat race, but it was a boat race. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm here for some of these blowouts. I, I'm very much in the, te- the, the side of you're a professional athlete. If you don't yeah. like it, just stop them from scoring. Yep. Um, Big but- facts. I that that's that's a confidence building game. That's the sole purpose of being there and the constant comparisons like I think I think the patch reviewed as an underdog. So I'm here for that game. 
Uh, speaking of underdogs, in another uh, game in which uh, I got wrong, um, Vikings Chargers. Clearly, you're going to pick the Chargers, right? Because coming into the season and five games into the season, they were a Super Bowl favorite. <laughs> uh, they're starting to look more and more human for a team that used to be the favorite to like win it all and all the stories about Herbert being the like superstar and Superman and things are going to be great. They looked awfully mortal on their way to a five and four or well now five and five season. So our six and four, five and five season. Mm. I can't do math. I can't read good. Uh, <laughs> a mediocre season. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. They are now uh, at 500. Um, but, a lot like the Rams, this, things are just not stacking up the way they did early in the season, whether that's uh, tape, team studying, game planning, you know, adjustments like that continue to happen throughout the season. Injuries, everyone's kind of plagued with the injury bug this season. Uh, but it's it's things are things are weird. Uh, Keenan Allen tried muscling his way to a, to a win, uh, which just wasn't enough. But surprisingly, Kirk Cousins who we haven't talked about a lot throughout the entire season. That you man like had that. a game. He, you like that. He balled out. He had 294 yards. He was 25 of 37. He had two touchdowns. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, in the Lions defense, he made the Lions defense look just stupid. Uh, he had 143 yards on nine receptions. And, like, the longest was, I think, like, 24, 25 yards. So it's not like he had one major gain and the rest of it was just sort of icing on the cake. Nope. He literally just burnt those guys over and over and made every touch count. Uh, that matchup between Cousins and, and, and Jefferson might be one to kind of keep an eye on as that confidence continues to build because the Chargers defense – they're not slouches. So whether that was just sort of a, a, a an unexpected series of play calling or just, you know, a, a rough day for the secondary, uh, something to keep an eye on. That might be uh, a, a fantasy matchup worth, uh, worth keeping an eye on. If you'd asked me before the season, the Viking stack that I wanted, I would have told you Thielen and Cousins. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put Justin Jefferson in there. Although I grabbed mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson in a lot of drafts that I could mock in real. And I'm reaping those benefits. So, so despite, real quick, just to just to segue off that, despite uh, everything that's been going on with my picks over the last uh, few weeks, I am in my money league, uh, just smoking everybody. And now that I say that, I'll probably lose the rest of the season. But I'm eight and two against guys who are like vicious, vicious fantasy players. There you go. And the next closest guy is six and four. So. Ooh. I, I started in one league. Uh, shout, out to the, shout out to the Seahawkers League. I started at one league 6-0. and mm. And I've lost the last four games in a row. So, uh, that that goes... It's been really goes, bad. <laughs> yeah, that goes to show you the power of the waiver wire. Yeah. Because I misscheduled the timing of that draft. In the first, and it's an auction league. Mm. And my first three picks were done via auto draft. Which in an auction league is backbreaking because it just spends whatever the hell the best player is and you lose a lot of money that way. So if you're in an auction draft, pay attention to the schedule, goddammit, because uh, <laughs> literally from like the my fourth pick on, I had no money. So I had to be very, very stingy, but... Here you are. Making it work, count. Baby. All right. Panthers, Cardinals. 
I got this wrong. I said, I said it's got to be the Cardinals, right? Um, Christian McCaffrey is back, y'all. Cameron Jarrell Newton mm, is back, mm-hmm. y'all. Scored on a goal line keeper. Tossed another touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, who's not been relevant in a long time. Man, if only they brought back Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, and Josh Norman, they could just get the gang back together and go back to the Super Bowl. This team harassed Colt McCoy and Chris Streveler, who I don't even know who that dude is. Uh, that's because Kyler Murray didn't play in this game. But McCoy and Streveler tossed it 29 times combined. They completed 17 of them and amassed 143 yards. What a disaster on the field for the Cardinals because outside of James Conner and Christian Kirk, there was no offense. There was nothing happening. This is a 34 to 10 drubbing. And this is where my picks start falling apart. Hmm. Uh, hey, look at this. Another uh, another miss. Uh, Eagles Broncos. Uh, Broncos coming off of a pretty decent game last week. I thought Eagles hurts trying to struggle to find their way. And once again, I am telling you about a loss. Uh, this one was kind of an interesting one, though, because uh, Hertz had a pretty decent stat line for the day, but I don't know if this necessarily falls on Hertz. Their running game just could not be stopped. The, the guy with the best name in the entire NFL in Boston, Scott, went 11 carries for 81 yards. Jordan Howard went 12 for 83 yards. It was just nothing they could do to stop those guys. They were just going for constant big chunks every time they held the ball. Now, that's not to say Hurts didn't have a decent game. Uh, he was 16 to 23, 178 yards, two touchdowns. He did have an interception. Uh, he had another really close interception or what looked like it was going to be an interception. He also had a what looked like a touchdown pass that literally fell through the hands of the receiver like going to the end zone so there was it was kind of a mixed outing for him um just just a, a weird game on both sides i think we still don't know what we're gonna get out of the eagles if they're running game or specifically with hurts if their running game continues to kind of do what they're doing uh you know it could open things up and make him a little bit more comfortable. Right now, he seems a little bit more frazzled whenever he's pressured in the box and tends to miss a lot of open receivers. Uh, <clears throat> Denver Denver had opportunities to stay in this game. Unfortunately, they ended up coughing the ball up for some pretty devastating turnovers. Uh, one of them they gave up on the line turned out to be uh, Melvin Gordon ended up dropping it pretty much on the on almost on the goal line or or close to it and it ended up being like an 82 yard return for a touchdown it was it was not great um a couple other misses on their end a little better ball security could have had a chance to to take this one away i'm still not down on denver i think they have a lot of upside i've been kind of banking on them a little bit over the last few weeks i may not have picked them but my picks against them haven't been overly comfortable um, uh, I think the turnovers are more of the backbreaker there. Get rid of those, you know. I think it ended up being a total of at least ten points that came by way of turnovers, and this is a lot closer game, obviously. So, especially if Melvin had turned that one into a touchdown, we would have been looking at like a a, a twenty twenty three game or, or something similar. So, um, 
not a lot to take away from either side. Teddy Bridgewater did uh, uh, had a pretty decent outing, 22-36, 226 yards. Fortunately, he had no touchdowns. So, and one of the biggest whiffs on that on that pick, where he made a yeah. business Teddy business Bridgewater decision. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I still think there's a lot more upside to Denver. Um, I think we still know we're gonna get out of the Eagles right now. I'm still not, still not buying it. Oh. But we'll see. Dub's a dub. All right, Seahawks Packers. <sighs> I picked in the mm. heart. I said in Russ we trust, and Russ trust looked rusty. But you know what mm. didn't look rusty? The goddamn Seahawks defense, who held Aaron Rodgers and a fully healthy offense to three, yes, three points until the fourth quarter, and it all fell apart. Why? Because they were expecting the cavalry to come over the hill, and Mr. Unlimited did not show up in the fourth quarter. Too much hero ball tried to happen here. There's a couple bad calls, but if a couple things didn't go right, maybe Seattle takes this one. Unfortunately, they did not put it together. The rust was there. Penalties didn't help. I was hella into this game until it came like readily apparent that they didn't have the stones to win this game, and then I started just getting fucking super mad, <laughs> super yeah. upset. It's just like the defense held Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones to three points. Three points. Three points. You cannot, you cannot not capitalize on that. DK mm. Metcalf's ejection from the game damn sure didn't help either. The team is at a crossroads with their season. They're not completely out of the playoff picture yet, but it is an uphill battle. They have a, a, a light schedule in the back end, the third easiest strength of schedule remaining. They could make the playoffs. God, I hope that they do. But it's time that the, the, the Seahawks have to look in the mirror. They got to have a what the fuck kind of team are we going to be conversation with themselves because – the defense in the first part of the season was giving up points to lottie Dottie, everyone. And you hold Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones to three points. And then you just let the floodgates open in the fourth quarter. You, you just can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. I appreciate that Russ came back. I appreciate he was out there throwing it. He chucked it 40 times, only connected on 20 of them. And then what did you say, Tim? When we talked about this game last week, you said, now he's going to mm-hmm. have a pick, huh? How many picks do you think he's going to have? I said, ah, one. Now you had two. And to be yep. honest, both of those picks were completely replaceable because he should not have thrown the ball because there are people underneath. You could have kept the drive alive. Too much hero ball. <sighs> I'm going to tighten up my uh, my tie now, snap my suit coat, and we're, we're on to Arizona. Uh, what do you think his QBR rating was for the, uh, for the day? Or like 40 or some shit like that. 39.7. Yeah, the fourth lowest of his, of his entire career. I know mm. the stat, Tim. I looked it not- up. Not that much higher than uh, Aaron Rodgers. Versus anyways, Rodgers. anyways. Um, all right. So, Kansas City, Las Vegas. Uh, this one was uh, another. It's strange. So, when you look at this game and you see it on the schedule, or if you're like a passive fan and you look down and you're like, oh, easy. Kansas City win. No. Kansas City is 6-4. and four. They've had some very ugly wins on the way to six and four, but they've had some uglier losses. And I thought this one was going to come down to be a close one. And somehow Patrick Mahomes decides to go back to vintage Mahomes style, ends up tying a couple records, setting a couple records. Again, 406 yards passing, five touchdowns, 35 of 50. Um, just 
insanity. I mean, they they brought Tommy Townsend in for for one pass, and he uh, <laughs> he went one for one with. Uh, let's let's talk about Tommy Townsend right now, which is the second best name, maybe even the first best name. He sounds like him in Boston Scott. You would yeah. meet in a pub somewhere down in, in like in, Southie. In, yeah, Southie. <laughs> so Tommy Townsend uh, just. <laughs> got done ripping off a liquor store on his way to the the garden to you know see the bruins play uh anyway he finished with a uh 118.7 as a qbr rating which is a lot higher than the one russell wilson just yeah fuck it, whatever um fuck yeah, you so- and that horse you rode in on okay yeah boston strong yeah, so I don't think anyone saw this game coming you knew there was going to come a point where the team was going to make a turn uh, it doesn't help that Las Vegas in their secondary just turned to dog shit and just completely disappeared. They gave up uh, 101 yards to Darrell Williams on nine attempts. They gave up uh, or nine receptions. They gave up 83 yards to Tyree Kill with the longest being 32 yards on seven attempts. And Travis Kelsey racked up 119 yards on eight receptions. And that's just three of the seven guys who were in double digit yardage for, for the day. Um, this one was, this one for me was strange. I didn't quite anticipate it going this direction. I thought when I made the pick, it might not be the best pick because you know that they're destined for a breakout at some point, but things have been falling the Raiders way, despite all of the off the field struggles. And I mean, off the field drama, um, but no, nobody saw this coming. It doesn't surprise you when it happens because Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. He has been for several years. It just sucks that uh, this pick was the one where he went uh, and found his get-right game because I still don't have the confidence to maybe make that pick next week, depending. But the one good takeaway is that Derek Carr did not have a terrible game. Yeah, he threw an interception, but he threw 261 yards. He had a touchdown. He finished with a, a rating of 99.8. So, like, he had a decent game. Unfortunately, they were just up against the buzzsaw. His secondary on the defensive side just couldn't stop anybody. And I can't blame him because you're trying to pick your poison and which one's going to hurt you the most. Travis Kelsey, you expect that. Tyreek, you expect that. Uh, Darrell Williams, not so much. Mm. So now you got to worry about that guy. And then the yeah. next guy in line, uh, Byron Pringle. He had 46 yards. So, like, it was a day for Mahomes to kind of pick his poison. Unfortunately, what this does is it kind of opens up his weapons because now you got to kind of pay attention to some of those guys you're not really paying attention to because any one of them can burn you at some point. So this might be a turnaround game for the Chiefs, and they might become that scary team again. But I'm still, like, a week or two away from from fully buying in. Maybe. So what you're saying is you're, like, a week or two away from getting these picks correct. Which I'm, I'm totally. Oh, my with. picks are my picks are garbage. I can't wait to wear whatever my next jersey is. <laughs> All right, that was a Sunday night game. Let's get into the Monday night game. Rams 49ers. I thought Oof. Jesus, that defense is crazy, and they got you know Von Miller, and they got OBJ. What the fuck? But I didn't. I didn't have any any faith in the Niners whatsoever. Listen, as they pointed out on the Monday night broadcast, the 49ers had won a home game in 393 days. That is a whole. A whole year. They hadn't won a single home game. They heard the wolves at the door. They heard the constant jabber about the team's future. Coaching changes. Quarterback drama. 
probably listened to me talking shitting on Jimmy G in all these episodes. Mm, I came out and socked the Rams in the face. Mm. Stafford, couple picks, couple really ugly picks. Uh, suddenly the Rams look completely out of whack. They just they forgot. Maybe they had too many superstars in their team. There's not chemistry. Who knows? That vaunted defense with Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald got worked by George Kittle, who is a man mm-hmm. hell-bent. The only thing I think of is that Kittle is hell-bent on making us forget that he went on IR this season because he's just everywhere. And then Debo Samuel. Every single Ooh. play call hit. <laughs> Every single one of them. Like a dumb guy's luck in Vegas. Every single one of those plays hit. Screens, boom. Uh, Checkdowns, boom. Jimmy G, long, boom. Like, What? The Niners knew exactly what they were doing. They were shutting out the noise and saving their season. I hate to say it, Tim. You were on something when you talked about Jimmy G turning it around because old boy has turned it right the fuck around. And if they can continue this pace along with maintaining their explosive run game because everything is set off that. you got a run game that's, that you need to sell out and stop. That's when those other guys kind of get open and Kittle just really opens things up for them. Mm-hmm. This team could fuck around and spoil a couple of other teams' playoff hopes including in the NFC West, and I am not happy about that whatsoever. It might have taken them a while to get going, but, man, I just didn't see this result happening. So I'm mad because I lost the pick. But in a football fan sense, I'm not mad at all. Fuck mm. the Rams. Yeah. I, I mean, said it with my whole chest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what's happened is I've traded in my my accurate pick guesses for, like, player and team guesses. Mm. Because uh, I I called some of those even though they didn't the games didn't necessarily always go my way but I I I'm on record saying Jimmy G might have found his his turnaround but yeah if anybody was going to tell me that Debo was the guy to carry them to some wins uh, I would have not believed it um, but Big here facts. we are here yep. we are all right so the total picks correct for week ten me four <sighs> you one and a half. One and a half, coincidentally, is the number of credits I got sophomore year before I go to summer school. So, you know, it, it's a good number. What I mean is the best is yet to come for you, Tim, okay? Let's hop into these next week picks here. Let's make the picks before the games, all right? Mm. You have mm-hmm. Patriots-Falcons Thursday night. Who you got? This is the worst part. I'm like, oh, pff, Patriots easily, but we've seen how that's gone. So uh, <clears throat> I do think the Falcons are going to kind of put it together at some point. The Patriots are still... I think that was a, a huge confidence-boosting game. Uh, I think the more we watch, Mac Jones is becoming more and more comfortable in the pocket, under pressure. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best of the rookie class that's out playing right now. Um, I know a lot of people were down on him at the start of the season. I, I, I While apprehensive, I thought he might have I, – I thought he was a good decision. He showed a lot of the – Sort of the mental fortitude, maybe not some of the physical fortitude. The, you know, the picture of them all smoking a cigar. He looked very uh, dad bod-ish, which kind of caused some concern. But, you know, I did talk about how a lot of scouts thought that he had some of the best mental aptitude in the draft class. And a lot of them were surprised that he fell so far. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I picked it because I don't know if I, I, I don't think I had that level of confidence. But I do think at this point... He is the best player of the rookie class in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, ain't it, fam? There's, there's several guys out there who just aren't it yet. That's not to say that it's over with. And I hope, I hope Lawrence doesn't go by way of like Tebow or Sanchez, where he's 
screwed by opportunities and they do something stupid like bringing a second quarterback to split time or something dumb like that trevor lawrence will be fine they just rushed him in a little too soon you know like a week i mean a a year or two to kind of play behind somebody but a week I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean a week might have even helped him uh no uh, i got patriots in this one falcons are probably going to try and make a game of it it's probably gonna be somewhat close but i think the patriots are just gonna piggyback off of belichick's defensive schemes looking forward to it Looking forward to it. 28-3 jokes abound. All right. On to Sunday, uh, Saints-Eagles. <clears throat> I want to believe the Saints can win this game. I really do. They showed a lot of fight against the Titans this last week, but for some reason, I'm going to pick the Eagles with the upset here. They don't have too much offense that makes me think they can steamroll the Saints defense, but they do have some stuff going on right now. They can pass it quite a bit. They can run it quite a bit. That tends to be what you need against a good defensive team. You need to zig when they zag back and forth. That being said, this could be a sneaky good 24-21 kind of game, but I do think the Eagles take it. Um, so this is one of those picks I don't like. I have uh, Dolphins, Jets, and both of them are just complete dog shit this season. One's two and seven, <laughs> one's three and seven, and they're almost tied across the board. Uh, just running down the list, points scored per game, Miami's 28. Uh, the Jets are 27th. Uh, points allowed, Miami's 24th. The Jets are 32nd. Uh, passing yards to kind of separate a little bit. The Jets have a little bit better uh, passing game. Uh, but then everywhere down the list, rushing yards per game, defensive passing yards, everything is literally identical. Uh, except Miami has a a far better rush defense. Um, I'm picking Miami just because I hate the Dolphins and the Dolphins are kind of in this sort of like struggle where their current quarterback isn't the guy, despite telling everybody he is the guy and should have been a first round pick. You kind of shot yourself in the foot. Um, but what I could see happening here is him coming back and having like a stellar game and being right on top of it. But we don't know if it's him or Zach Wilson. They keep bouncing, you know, who's it's going to be. Currently, Joe Flacco, Zach... actually. Oh, then, I don't, then it's even worse. No, <laughs> Joe Flacco, I think, is an actual upgrade in terms of uh, of, of who's going to be the starter. White's not it. He needs a year or two. Um, like in the Canadian Football League, a year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hate this pick. But I'm going to go Miami, I guess, just because of my disdain for the Jets. So you know what's going to happen is the Jets going to win this game, and I'm going to be like, Flacco's going to come out and have a fucking blowout game. He's going to be like, look at me, I'm back, and then he's going to suck for the rest of the season. Okay, but, but you spoke into existence, and for the record, you went Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I got Dolphins, but this is that's what's right. about to happen. All right, I got the football team versus the Carolina Panthers. Cam versus his former coach. I'm here for it. Washington football team is down Chase Young. Tore his ACL, done for the year. But that defense held the Bucks to a stunner. But this is also going to be a good game. Give me the mm-hmm. Panthers because of rejuvenated Cameron Jarrell. You, you can't pick against that. Hmm. That's that's That was actually pretty entertaining to watch. I'm glad. it it It's just he's healthy in a scheme that works for him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Colts Bills, another one I'm not super comfortable with. It's six and three and five and five. The Colts have been doing somewhat better as of late, but I think the Bills are still one of the teams to beat in the entire NFL. 
I'm going to go Bills. I think this game is going to be one of those sort of uncomfortable, closer-than-you-expect games, but I think ultimately the Bills have a more rounded team, even though Wentz and Co. have uh, have kind of started hitting their stride as of late. They're not statistically that far behind in terms of, of, of stats, but uh, unfortunately the, the Bills have a much better defense. They are first in the league in points allowed per game, so I think that's the defense is going to what's going to win this one. Whew. All right, Lions, Browns. You picked the Lions last week to win, and they only got you a half point. I'm going the Lions <laughs> win here, so I can get the full point. Can they actually oh, yeah. do it? Yes, they can. Hashtag yes, they can. Upset city. Here we go. Lions take this one by a field goal. By a field goal. Mm-hmm. Did uh, I haven't looked yet? Is uh, is Mayfield out? 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 He's not out per se, but you know he's definitely. I think it's. I think. I think it's more of a day to day thing. He's. He's definitely going through a lot of pain. He didn't finish the game last week, so yeah, I would not be surprised if he doesn't he's play been, this game. But I think. I think at this point they need to. He's trying the best as person a, out there. As a, as a side note, uh, have you seen the memes of OBJ after the like that that yeah. came out after the loss where yeah. he's looking at Stafford and he's like, and the it just says. You guys told me he was better than Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> or the other one that said, hi, my dad wants your Instagram handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Or, or the best one with Toure when um, he was in that, that skit and he goes up to the, I, th- I think it's a gate, and he's like, let me in, let me back in. And it's like <laughs> yeah. Odell to the Browns on, on Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um. All right. Uh, Niners, Jags. Uh, I think this one's relatively an easy pick, but every time I say that, I get fucked up. So uh, I'm gonna go Niners because I think Jimmy G and, and, and the squad has sort of found their rhythm. They found another weapon in uh, Debo. You're hoping kind of continue on that path, but eventually teams are gonna wisen up and start protecting him. But now they've become like a, a two option threat between him and Kelsey. Plus, Kittle. you know, they got, they, all right, yeah, Kittle. Uh, they're all, they all look the same. All tight ends are the same. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, what I, what I think it is, is, you know, as that continues to progress, if, if Debo can stay consistent and kind of continue to, to contribute, this, this could get, this, this could become a pretty dangerous team if, you know, someone like IU can get involved or, or, or something, but they, they could become a pretty dangerous team if they continue firing on all cylinders. I'd agree. Texas Titans. Titans! What is your profession? Winning football games, apparently. I don't I know this. why. I mean, the Texans ain't got it in this game, but who's going to be the lead back for the Titans? That's what I want to know. Deonta Foreman, Adrian Peterson, or Jeremy McNichols? Please. Mike Vrabel, blink during a press conference. Let me know so I can play the waiver wire because I started Jeremy McNichols last week. For like 0.3 points. It was absolutely mm. atrocious. I got my ass handed to me in that game too. Yep. Uh, shout out to Thayer on that win. <clears throat> Who knows who's going to lead this back field. The Titans don't seem to care. And the Titans don't seem to care about the Texans either because they're going to win this game. If I could make any sort of advice, do not play any running back from the Titans right now because they're still running the three running back set trying to figure out who's going to be their starter. So you never know week in and week out who it's going to be. It's not going to be Peterson. Um, <laughs> all right. I got Vikings. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have Vikings, Packers. Uh, I actually think this one's going to come down potentially to like a defensive standoff only because 
like we said, Cousins is starting to play pretty well. Or not starting. He's always kind of floated along, playing decent. Defense hasn't really held up their end of the bargain. They're 16th in, in points allowed. Green Bay, however, is third. So Minnesota tends to score more points per game. But I think when all said and done, this will be a close one. Unfortunately, I think Green Bay, I say unfortunate because I find myself hating Aaron Rodgers as of late, not because of the COVID thing, but because of his attitude in general. Guy's kind of a douche. Um, But I think they're going to win this game on the backs of the defensive plays. Man. All right. Ravens, Bears. This game suddenly becomes interessante. The Bears have turned around a little bit over the last couple weeks. The Ravens have been pretty vulnerable. I think the Ravens win, but I think it's going to be too close for comfort. So... This might be, again, one of those, maybe even like a 2017 game. But uh. <laughs> uh, So this one, again, I somehow get stuck with like the matchups that are pretty fucking close. Uh, I have a 5-4 and four team against the 5-4 and four team. Big surprise. And either one of these teams are, can be completely streaky. Uh, Cincinnati tends to be just marginally better in, in points per game. Uh, they are better defensively, though, which is the trade-off. Uh, uh, this one actually hurts my feelings because I I don't know which way to go. I think the Raiders tend to be the better team overall. Uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm going Raiders just because I hate when you say let Joey roar. <laughs> I'm picking. I'm picking with my heart here. Just, just know if the Bengals do win, you have to start next week's episode with hashtag Let Joey Roar. Deal. <laughs> if the Bengals win <laughs> during our intro, I will give it the Let Joey Roar, and I'll even give you your stupid Mac Mac who Mac Mac, Mac Jones who Mac Jones Jones for Mike Jones. Whatever. Come on, now. come on. Whatever, whatever you want me to do. You must be too old. Okay, Cardinal Seahawks. <sighs> Kyler Murray's probably back for this game. But I don't care, Tim. I'm going again. I'm giving you this is a free pick for you because it should be the Cardinals, but it's going to be the Seahawks. And All look right. look uh, what I gave you. You're acting like I don't give you these good picks. You have Cowboys Chiefs, Tim. Most people would be salivating to talk about this game. Talk about the game? Yeah. Make a pick? Not <laughs> <No>. so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you for allowing me to discuss this game, in which I'm sure you will also have your own contributions. So in reality, you're not really doing me any favors because we're both going to talk about this game anyway. However, I have that emote in in Warzone. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I I'll, I'll murder someone. They'll get the smoke, and then they get this, and it makes this great sound. It's like, and it comes out. It's awesome. <laughs> that that uh, then it comes out because no one can see it because we're on video. Is the middle finger? So it's using your hand. As a fishing reel, and as you're reeling the line in, your middle finger is popping up. That's what we're doing. I don't know what you were just talking about, but you know what? Eventually, we're going to transition to this to like live television, and then we'll be we'll be there. We'll have arrived. Uh, okay. Anyway, I got to talk about the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Uh, this is pre last game. This would have been a much easier pick. Unfortunately. Uh, Kansas City had to screw around and make it difficult because they actually uh, did something with the football and they came out and they won a game. So it begs the question, 
what are we going to get next week? Like I said, I don't have the most amount of confidence, but I don't know if I if I lack the confidence enough to pick against them. Uh, Dallas, on paper, is the better team in almost every category except passing yards per game. Uh, they are better in defensive passing yards allowed per game, but it's like 21st versus 23rd. So, again... It depends, and all of these numbers are skewed right now because of the gaudy numbers they just put up in the last game. So while we always say stats don't matter, this is exactly what we're talking about sometimes where stats do not matter because all of these categories probably jumped uh, several, several points or several levels or whatever between last season, I mean, last game and this game. Um, Man, I... <laughs> I struggle this one a lot because I'm going to make a gut pick. I know I'm dragging this on a little too long. Uh, I'm going to go Las Vegas only because I don't know if I necessarily believe in the Not one of the two teams. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to go with Dallas. <laughs> oh! Oh my God! No, you're, you're, sorry. You, you said you said you're going to Vegas. <laughs> I am going to Vegas. No, no, no. I uh, I was no last last week they played Vegas. No, I'm going to go with the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys just tend to be a more consistent team. Yeah, they've had their down games, but overall they tend to be more consistent. Their defense is marginally better, but still better. Um, but if we get the if we get the Mahomes of last week, we're in trouble. I think the secondary for Dallas is is a better secondary than Las Vegas. So that's what I'm going to lean on. Kansas this... City. What? Kansas City. The secondary Kansas? of Kansas City no, is not as good I'm... as the secondary of the Dallas Cowboys. No. You said Las no, no. Vegas. No, no. I think the Dallas defensive secondary is better than Las Vegas secondary. What? I think it's the ca- there's. It's the Cowboys versus the Chiefs, bro. I know. I'm comparing this game to last week's game. This is why I said Vegas in the first time. This is how I win. Yeah. Well, anyway, last <laughs> week they blew up uh, the Las Vegas secondary. The Raiders, for those of you who aren't paying attention, also known as my co-host, mm. they blew up the secondary for the Raiders last week. I think the Cowboys have a better secondary, which means that's not going to happen this week. That's what I'm saying here. Um, I'm not comfortable in this pick. I need to see Dak get out and perform. I mean, perform a little better. Uh, but they're still a seven and two team. I'm gonna go with Dallas in this one. I'm probably gonna regret this next week, but I'm going with Dallas. Interessante. And All for right. anybody who's not paying attention, it is. It's the Chiefs versus the Cowboys. <laughs> All right. So I got the uh, the San Diego Chargers versus the uh, Baltimore Steelers. Uh, let's see here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. Anyways, the Sandy, the San Diego Chargers are, are no more. The Los Angeles Chargers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sunday night football. Uh, look, Big Ben didn't play this, last game this, because this, he is was, how you, this is how you don't throw your co-hosts under the bus. Go ahead. <laughs> well, this is make it to the episode, so you are throwing me under the bus, even though I tried to <laughs> inception you and put you into asking about this. But anyways, we're moving forward. Um, Big Ben didn't play last game because he he was on the COVID-19 list as a late ad. 
Um, that being said, I think a week off is probably good for him. Um, the Chargers did lose a quizzical game to the Vikings. They definitely should have won that game. They had the, they had more talent. They should have won it. They didn't. Uh, that being said, they are going to get a win this Sunday night. I'm going Chargers. All right. <clears throat> uh, Buccaneers Giants. Again, this is another one where like you're like, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Bucs, but they continue to play against the level of their opponents. The Giants, as of late, have been showing, I guess not as of as of late, they've kind of been relatively inconsistent throughout the, the season at three and six. But again, I've said it against the Pats. I said it against uh, I, I said it last week. They they tend to play to the level of their opponent, which somehow seems to be a Tom Brady trade even though I thought it was a Patriots trade. Uh, so this is going to come down to who exactly it is on the injured reserve list and who's actually playing in this game. We can bank on Gronk not being in there. We can bank on Antonio Brown not being in and there. And Richard Sherman. And Richard Sherman, who's been a non-factor pretty much for like two years, three years. But yeah, Richard Sherman won't be in there, uh, which pains me to say that. Like, mm. Revis Island is now a resort where everybody lives. Uh, Sherman is, you know, the guy who will forever live in infamy is the the face of the losing Super Bowl. Unfortunately, that'll follow him forever. <laughs> you saw that face, like the yes, I, I see it in my fucking nightmares, Tim. Of course, I know, I and, see the face, and then the disappointment. Uh, anyway, I think the Bucks are going to turn this into a get right game. Giants are going to try and make a, a game out of it, probably the first half. But I think the Bucks are going to run away with this one. All right, that will do it for week 11 of our picks, and that will do it for this episode of the Stats of Podcast. Thank you all very much for listening, Tim. I hope your picks go a lot better this time around and that the disaster piece doesn't get renewed for a second season. Mm. The, the way you're going, like yeah. executives from Netflix have to be reaching out to you, your reps and calling you and saying, listen, you are so bad with these picks. We want to do a mockumentary on you. We're, we're probably never going to put it oh, done. On, the, on the U.S. Netflix, but we'll put it on the overseas Netflix and It'll be, you know, top 10. Ooh, Bollywood, I'm in. We can do we can incorporate like song and dance in it. <laughs> well, I mean, some of these picks is a song and dance and you're trying to tell me that, oh. that the Dallas secondary is better than the Las Vegas secondary, who's better than the Kansas City secondary, who is, you know, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, all tight ends. Yeah, 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 whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever, but unfortunately the 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 comparison to Las Vegas uh that's that was on you because that one yeah perfect 100 percent. yep i i i was drawing comparisons to the defensive secondary and somehow i don't know where you 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 thought i was drawing a comparison between like the teams playing against each other it's not that, that ain't a thing um any who uh if you haven't seen it yet the man in the arena is out it's like the last dance stop no 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 no, no. sam you can roll your eyes you can you can pout all you want but I'm sorry. You're witnessing history and now it's being documented and it's very it's if you like the last dance or any of those, any like any of the Netflix documentaries on sports, it's worth a watch. Yeah. I oh, I'm sure I'm sure it's gonna be fantastic. I'm yeah. currently still listening to uh It's Better to Be Feared, the Wickersham book about uh about the Patriots, where mm. I learned that um Belichick at one point took his shoes off in a meeting and like it was like super smelly and like everyone like didn't want to be in the meeting but they couldn't leave because it's Belichick. You know, just just little little tidbits about this dynasty that I'm finding really really interesting. Um, I'm gonna watch it, but I'm gonna watch it in like five years. I don't I don't want to. Well, watch why it right five now. years? Because the man ain't uh, retired okay. yet. You know what I mean? Like the last dance was so good because these people are so far gone from winning those six championships. Like 
don't do this stuff while while these players are still mostly active. How many? Six. But yeah, that was the number of championships that both the Bulls won. Oh, He's Tom Brady might have seven rings, but the Patriots have six. But it's about Tom Brady. Yes, I'm aware. Well, then why does six matter? Thomas, Edward, Patrick, S- Sam is Timothy, not keeping O'Cronin, up here with Brady this podcast. I think he's very tired. We're going to go ahead and let him go to bed because he's getting very confused right now. <laughs> Loud noises. Ah, get off my lawn. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Sam's going to watch it before the end of uh, the football season. Don't don't let him fool you. Yeah, probably. I did yeah. cancel my Plus subscription, though, so I'm going to have to you know, renew it in order to see it. <clears throat> me, me, too. I must also do that, too. <laughs> Let's get out of here, Tim. Peace, everybody. Thank you for hanging out. Sorry for some of these delayed podcasts, but uh, life is what happens when you're uh, a hobbyist podcaster. Hobbyist. We love you guys. We appreciate every one of you downloading and listening all the time. We we see you, and we check religiously, so thank you for all that. One of the craziest things, we'll we'll ride out the show on this. Shout out to William, friend of mine, Mm. longtime listener of the pod. We are at this uh, the, the beer festival this weekend, the Beer and Wine Festival, November Fest. And everyone's like, oh, how's the pod going? I'm like, oh, pretty good. He's like, I have to tell you something. I'm like, what's that, William? He's like, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, yeah. He goes, it really helps me sleep. I'm like, okay. And he's like, there's something, about, he's like, there's something about your voice that's so comforting. It just puts me to sleep. And I was like, you know, I don't, I'm not even offended by that. Because there are times where I talk and I can see people just fucking dozing off in front of me. And it's like 11 a.m. So if you're listening to your podcast, you go to sleep at night. I know that you're probably waking up and just spouting facts that you didn't even know matter. So yeah. it's, it's completely okay. I mean, here, here's here's the thing. We we are making sure that we cut it down to like a more reasonable time frame. But what I would love to do is for some of you guys that are religious listeners, let's have you on. Come on and chat. Why oh, not? yeah. Let's do the Joe uh, let's Jane do fan like segment. Let's go. Listener segments. We should do like a whole, if we have enough people who are interested, like reach out to Samurai, let us know. We'll do like a, a just a, an entire episode of just like chatting with the fans, have a conversation about sports in general, any sports. I know India, you guys are listening. If someone wants to come on and talk cricket, I am here for it. You're first going to have to explain the game because I tried watching it for about four hours with my son the other day. And while I found myself getting excited about some of the stuff going on, I had no idea what any of it meant or or what was going on. So I need like a, a master class that I'll buy in in what I need a cricket. I need a last dance of uh who's who in in cricket and how the game I, works and before that I need like a Udemy course which I will pay. <laughs> it was like thirty hours of this is what this is what it is. But no for real. If you would love to be on We'd love to have you. We are a podcast for the people. Podcast for the people. Say. And I say the hell with it. Let's start getting some folks on and chat about whatever it is that you're passionate about. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Peace Let's out, everybody. Cheers. Peace out. Peace out.